0: In this episode of Grief in Common, we mention suicide, COVID and death throughout. Hi, welcome to this episode of Grief in Common by Winston's Wish. Today we're going to be talking about grief at university. My name's Annabelle, I'm 23 and I lost my dad two and a half years ago whilst in my second year at university. I was affected so much by my loss that I was withdrawn from that university at the end of the year for how bad my grades were affected. I'm now at a different uni, just finishing my second year here and very much still carrying my grief with me.
1: My guest today is Abigail. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, um, I'm Abigail, as Annabelle just said. I am 19. I've just finished my first year at university. I'm doing a dance degree and I lost my sister six years ago when I was 13 and she was 27. I was in secondary school at the time that she passed and It was a whole whirlwind of emotions and not really knowing how I felt. And then the grief, I didn't really feel it up until I moved to uni and I was away from home. So all of a sudden, it feels like I'm grieving all over again because I've realized, I've now realized how far away from home I am. And just learning, how to deal with it again but now that i'm on my own a bit more
0: obviously you said moving out was kind of like really really difficult um that's something i found as well because you're away from the rest of your family and everyone else who knew that person how do you
1: manage to keep your sister with you in that kind of sense i definitely do talk about her a lot more now um i still struggle with the question of how many siblings do you have? Obviously, uni, you're meeting so many new people and everyone's trying to get to know everyone. So it's always a question that comes up. Um, all my flatmates and my mates know they're absolutely lovely about it. It was around her birthday and her death anniversary are two weeks apart. So coming up to those dates, I was a bit more down and my flatmates noticed. And yeah, I, I kept up with Little traditions and spoke to my mom and my dad about it. It is it is weird, definitely having to meet new people and introduce yourself, and sometimes you don't know whether to include that part or not. Yeah, how was it for you?
0: I think definitely like the concept of someone's like birthday and anniversary. So for me, my dad's birthday is November seventh, and he died on November eighth. So it's this kind of like forty-eight hour period where everyone around me kind of goes like like okay, we're gonna just give you a bit of space, but it's the same thing, like being so far away from home and getting in touch with the rest of your family. But it's because it's a difficult time for everyone, but it's everyone else can be sort of near each other. You're 100 miles away, type thing. So I'm always like, a text to like each of my siblings, like, i always like speak to my mum and stuff. But it, it's kind of do you ever have it where you just feel like no one is getting you when you're away at university? And you're like, all you want is someone to be like, no,
1: it's okay. I understand you. Yeah. No, I do. I do definitely get that. Especially when others talk about their siblings back home, I was like, "Oh yeah, my brother's doing this right now," or "I'm going home to see these people," and it's like, "Yeah, I, I, I can't relate to you." I like, I really want to. Um, especially when people, because my sister was older than me, so when people talk about their older siblings, and yeah, it's definitely. I never really felt that before until uni and it was more of a conversation because everyone's missing home and everyone's missing their families that you then around it more. I have a feeling on my actual sister's anniversary I had like a competition or some type of dance event which I just had to focus for. Um, her birthday I went out clubbing that night because um, friends were up and it, it was a really good distraction.
0: So for me, a lot of it is um, when you you do tell someone, they have this automatic kind of like, oh, oh, I'm really sorry. And then you're like just kind of stuck in the conversation then. Whereas a lot of time I meant it as like a passing comment, especially at university when there's so much going on. For me, I sort of feel like I have to let people know. But at the same time, it sort of is difficult to gauge other people how they're going to react to it obviously for me like I said before I was at one university and then I was withdrawn from my course because I failed the year but that basically that entire time I was like asking for support asking for some help asking if I can redo work that I'd missed and I kept getting this thing of like oh we'll sort it later oh no you can't do that blah, blah 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 and now I'm at this new university and they've been so good with me whether it's like I had a deadline that was like on my dad's anniversary and they were like oh we'll just move it no questions asked or if I'm like, I'm having a bit of a bad day. Um, I've missed this class, but this is why it is. Um, so I was just wondering, what's your kind of experience with having to tell people that aren't just making
1: friends at university, if that makes sense? With like lecturers, I, I honestly don't think I've told anyone. Well, like this spring, it probably would have been a good idea because I just know that I wasn't focused at all. Because I felt it more on her birthday than I did the anniversary I don't know why I think I was more numb to it it was almost like my flatmates knew what day it was and I was acting completely normal um but then it's, it's still it's still there that's another thing is um it's still a shock to me that I'm feeling it six years down the line like it feels like I shouldn't be it feels like I should have done all my grieving when I was 13 and when it first happened and then I had all my secondary school teachers around so now it's almost like do I tell people and get that support because it doesn't feel as relevant to me but I feel like since knowing how this year's gone I might have to give the uni a heads up of April may expect me to be a bit iffy and then I'm fine for the rest of the year. (laughs) Cause it's
0: such a weird thing of like every university has that support in place for whatever problem you might have but a lot of it is looking for it and asking for it's really difficult so that's kind of like the only bit of advice I would give like anyone ever is the support is there just I like look for it and ask for it but it is so hard to do. So my dad was a driving instructor so he always had like a really like obnoxiously bright car to teach people to drive in they were so ugly. They were great cars, but they were just ugly. And someone that lives um, just around the corner from us has the same one. And I remember I saw that last week and I was like, oh, that really like got me. And so it's kind of the thing that is difficult for me is when people don't have any experience of a loss like this, they
1: can't relate to it or maybe why that would be a sort of a shock to the system. One of my friends, Bessa, she'll be absolutely careful okay for me saying this, hasn't really had to deal with anything like that. So she is she is great. She will sit and listen to me talk about it and I will be like stressing um saying, like, do, do you get what I mean? She's like, No, but it's okay, because like you're making sense to yourself. Um there are there are certain things like my sister's name. If I hear someone else called her name, it is a little bit takes you back and oh, okay. Um especially because I don't hear it that often. Seeing as my family, we don't really speak much about it. Another thing is, so my sister lived in Liverpool. Um, so obviously she was twenty-seven, pretty much had her own life. She was in Liverpool, and I am more down on the south coast. And God knows how long that drive is. But I've moved to uni, like slap bang in the middle, and I'm closer. So. It's easier to go up there if I wanted to, but she's not there. So it's like I've finally been, I finally can drive now, and I've moved closer, and I have the opportunity to go see her, but she isn't there. Obviously, I was like really young, and I couldn't wait to spend more time with her, and wait until I was old enough to go out shopping with her. Um, so yeah, definitely, being closer to Liverpool is a really weird feeling and I wanted to drive up at some point but again never got around to it something is making me not want to do the drive yeah I think having a place or like a thing that was
0: theirs whether it was like a physical thing or just something you associated with them is something that's really helped me because I I mean I have like a frame throat of my dad and if I ever get flowers or whatever that they always like sit next to that but I keep I kept a lot of his like um, jackets and coats and stuff. Cause he was like a little short, he's like 5'2". So we always, everything was like always massively oversized on him. So I have a lot of them now. So if I'm ever like, arm oh, a bit down, whatever, I can put one of them on. So I was wondering if you have anything like that that
1: you kind of like keep with you. I have a photo album photo from photos from when she was younger. So, cause she's my half sister and we didn't grow up in the same household. It's all photos from when she was a kid. And that's really nice to look at as well, because I obviously wasn't there for it. And um, there's a couple of those photos where my parents are in with her. And it's nice to feel like she was more of a part of a family, our family, than maybe it used to seem because she was um, so far from us. After she passed away, her mum sent down a box full of loads of her stuff. Um, A bunch of letters that she had wrote back and forth to my dad. And more photos. Some little ornaments and just things from her bedroom. Um, And this little... I don't know what animal it is, but it is really cute. (laughs) It looks sort of like halfway between a rabbit and a dog. Yeah. Yeah. That, That sits on my shelf. He doesn't come to uni because... I like to know it's at home and safe. Oh, and um, she came to stay down a year or a couple before she passed away. Um, and she was smoking in my dad's flat and burnt a hole through the duvet set with the ashes from the cigarette. And my dad kept that duvet set for years after. And he's cleared out the house and his partner now cut out the section of the duvet cover where the little burn mark is because I told him he could never get rid of it Um, and framed it and this really cute little frame and little love hearts and um a letter J for her name in there so I took that back up to uni because that was on my birthday and I thought that was one of the most thoughtful birthday presents someone could have got me I show it to my friends and they think what the is this? <laughs>
0: That's so lovely, though, because, I mean, you said it's like a lot of people are like, what what is that? And you said before, one of your friends was like, oh, I don't get it, but it's okay. I think that's obviously like all my friends who knew me then and know me now have said like, oh, you're such a different person. And like, But it's okay, though, because you've been through something that most people in our age range wouldn't understand and won't understand.
1: Yeah, so what kind of things do you do to look after yourselves? Being so close with the girls that I live with is definitely really helpful. We're all really comfortable with each other. And I know that if I just come out of my room, sit in the kitchen, someone's cooking dinner and it's just having someone else there, we don't even need to talk. Um, the girls are great at giving hugs. If they, if they see that something's a little bit off, it's like, do you need a hug? Don't ask any questions, just... I'll be there for you if you need it. Other than that, I think just kind of be like the opposite and taking time for myself in my room listening to music um, put like your fairy lights on and just kind of calm calm the place down. Um, I have a weighted blanket, which is amazing. If you are stressing, it is like the best thing. I highly recommend it. I think another self-care thing is going for a drive always um especially living at uni I don't have my mom ask me where I'm going I can just get in my car and go somewhere and I think that's what I did on her birthday I just looked for like a viewpoint um so there's one 15 minute drive from where I live up there and it has the most gorgeous sunsets and I just went there sat for a bit had my music on and yeah it just gives you a chance to think about think about things yeah yeah I think I'm very much the same that
0: you kind of um you surrounding yourself with people like this unspoken thing of like no we've got you we'll you know we'll sit with you if if you want to talk about that's fine but if you just want to sit and be that's okay as well a lot of the time I'm in the camp of oh I just want to be on my own and listen to my music because um I've always had it where people would be like, oh my God, you've got the music taste of like a middle-aged man. And I've just basically just copied my dad's music taste is what I'm kind of realising. Like if you go through my Spotify, it's none of it. It's like, there's a lot of like Taylor Swift, but a lot of it is stuff that he would have been listening to when he was a teenager. So it's a really nice way for me to connect with him while also kind of taking time to myself. I don't drive, but what I do now is I kind of, and it's based on something I saw on TikTok, but it's like someone was like, oh I look for the person I lost in the skies and that's something I've been doing recently especially with how bad the weather's been recently it keeps making like really pretty skies and I'm always like snapping a photo and being like yeah that's something for me. My camera roll is sunset sky uh, yeah but it's just so like crazy to me that it's something I saw on a TikTok and I went oh that actually like I think I could do that and now I've got this album with like a couple of hundred in there but it is just a thing of I'm going to do this for myself and no one around me really needs to know what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, but it's just
1: something for me to go,
0: okay, that's fine.
1: I think um, you're saying about how that's for yourself and something that you know, but not necessarily other people. Um, I've got a tattoo on my ribs, which is three butterflies. And I literally got it like a year ago this week. It was my first one. Really painful. Um... (laughs) And people always ask, like, oh, what does it mean? And, oh, it's just, it's pretty. It's a photo I found on Pinterest, and I absolutely loved it. But there's also, there is, like, a hidden meaning that you don't know whether to tell people or not. I usually do, but I probably speak really quickly and just kind of get it out of the way. Um, But ever since my sister passed away, I would see a white butterfly in the garden, like, no other butterfly, just this one. And it started to become a regular thing that I thought, oh, mm, maybe I was going to associate that with her. Um, we do have a plant pot in our garden with some of her ashes at the bottom. We replace the flowers every year. And, like, when it circles in that area, it's just... Some people might think, oh, my gosh, that's a really crazy idea. But to you it feels like it resonates with that. So, yeah. So the butterflies have a hidden meaning, but... <laughs> <laughs> but not everyone needs to know that. No? And that's, and that's fine. It, it makes it a bit nicer as well to know that it's more special to you. When I was first at
0: university, when my dad was still with us, something that would happen every Wednesday, because I played rugby at university, every Wednesday after a game, I would always ring him and speak to him. Um, it'd be like a recap of the game, recap of like the entire day, because it's, I mean, university sport, is like a, your entire day is just an event, but it was like every game without fail. I'd be like, this is how I did, this is how the team did. And he'd be like, oh, that's so good. And then we just have like a recap of the week. So it was all like weekly check-in. Both of us had this big love for rugby and it would tie us in. So now still playing, but he's not here. What I do now, every Wednesday night, I will I write to him now is something I do. And so I have this like, it's like a kid's money box where it's just got the tiny little slit on the top and you have to fold up the paper really small, but it's just something that kind of blends in in my room. So no one ever really knows what it is, but it's just my kind of way to still check in with him. Because I think that's one of the most difficult things for me is that you have this weekly tradition and then suddenly it's not here and you go, oh, I really want to tell someone about what I did today or what I've done this week. A lot of it is still like, I'll be like, oh, I played really well today. I didn't play that well today. But it is this way for me to kind of go like, you know, I still can talk to him. It's not the same and it never will be the same, but it's a way for me to still kind of like still check in. And that's something that's really important to me.
1: And I think I think I'll probably do that for like probably the rest of my life. I think personally, for me, I found writing it down is really helpful. Um, even if it's not structured and you just splurge everything you're thinking. Um, especially when you've had like a really stressful day, because uni is a lot. Sometimes you do just walk in the front door and you just need to tell someone. I think that's a really nice thing to do and to keep it up on... You still do it on a Wednesday after games. Yeah, it's got some familiarity. That is really nice. Um, I really like how you've done the money box idea. I wish I thought of that because um, back when my sister passed, it must have been like a couple weeks, months after I wrote a letter to her in a notebook. It's not something I want to read now, but at some point last year, I burnt it. And a year later, I'm regretting it. But I think that was because it was so open and there and anyone could flick through and just see it. And yeah, having having like a little tucked away space is really nice or just even if um someone wants to do a memory box idea and you know write a letter put it in an envelope but you don't send it you just put it away I've heard of those being really helpful before we mentioned earlier about telling people at uni people were meeting for the first time and I don't know if you get this as well but I awkwardly laugh when I'm telling people and I can't stop it. One one girl at secondary school got really funny because I was laughing about it and I was like, I don't know how else to say it. I do feel sad about it, obviously, but you're still in shock. It's You never thought you would be saying something like that. And so when people ask me and you said about their responses, oh okay um I always find myself telling them way too much to feel that silence of their reaction and then afterwards I'm like right now you know everything and I kind of didn't want you to at this time um yeah have you had anything like that I definitely do the same thing where you kind of
0: say it and you walk would be kind of like the half laugh because I think you're right I think it is like you can't I still can't quite believe it. Every time I have to say it out loud, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that is true. So I think I'm still trying to work out how to kind of say it in a way that seems a bit more casual. But I'm also, in my head, I'm like, well, it's not casual. It's not, like, not normal. i I have to say it to someone, I will just say it and kind of move past it. Because it's something that I've had to accept. They're just going to have to as well. It's kind of like, maybe harsh as it sounds. If I have to say it out loud, then you can, like, someone else can listen to it and go like,
1: okay yeah if that makes sense yes no it does yeah so whilst I was at uni um I got a phone call from my mum saying that my granddad was really ill like he was in hospital and he is absolutely fine now but it was like a real scare of oh my gosh i I always thought if anything bad happens then I don't think I could come back up to uni I would have to go home and then even now I have a fear when I'm away that I'm missing out on something really bad um so yeah my question is did you lose your dad when you were whilst you were away at uni or were you at home so I had just moved
0: back the second year and so I'd been back about four weeks when i got a call off my mom saying that he'd come home from work and he was really unwell and they um had to put me in ambulance because just something wasn't right and i was like oh well can i come home and it was we knew immediately that it was going to be kind of bad but we didn't know kind of the extent or what was really happening but this is also the end of 2020 so it was all during lockdown so we were told like you can't come home. And then over the next couple of days, as soon as it became clear of like, okay, he's gone into a coma. We don't know um, how long this is going to last. We don't know what's going to happen next. It was, you're just sort of waiting to be told whether you can go home. And because I was at university in England and um, I live in Wales, there was rules about getting back over the border. So for me, it was five weeks of like every day getting a phone call of my mum kind of going, this is what's happening. This is the next news. And I think it was five weeks of none of us really admitting that we knew that he was going to pass away at the end of it. It's like, it got to the point where they were like, so many organs of his had failed, like he had sepsis. But for me, I kind of didn't admit that to anyone, but my best friend who on that first night, I I text and I was like, I was like, I think my dad's going to die and I don't really know what to do. And other people around me definitely knew that he was ill, but no one really knew how bad it was. Um. So when it did happen, and I got the call basically saying, like, oh, your dad's passed away this afternoon. Um, and my grandparents were like, we'll come get you tomorrow morning because it was in the evening. Um, and they didn't want to leave my mom on her own, obviously, to come drive and get me. So, they're like, we'll come first thing in the morning. And I remember I rang my brother, spoke to him. And I texted my best friend, who, again, was the only one who knew. And I just said, hey, are you doing anything right now? And he went, oh, I'm just playing some games with another friend. but what's up? And I didn't reply and he went, oh, do you need me? And then a few minutes later, he went, are you okay? And I didn't reply to that because I just couldn't bring myself to kind of type anything out. And he just rang me and he said he knew immediately. And still two and a half years later, he's like, yeah, I knew immediately because you didn't say anything. But we didn't sit and talk about it. We sat on the phone and I cried. And then he was like walking around London just so he didn't have to sit in his house. So he was like, this is a private conversation. But we started arguing over how to like, pronounce different types like different types of animals because he was like you need a distraction we're just going to get a bit silly but it was still this moment of like my best friend going I'm here for you like I don't understand how you feel but he's like I know you need to and I know you're kind of like on your own but I will be here for you and then it was kind of the next day that drive home felt like a year and the entire time going like if I had not moved away I wouldn't be in this car right now. I would already be there. And then when I went back to uni, I was like still in that kind of mood. And I was like, no, because he wouldn't want me to not be at university, because he was so proud when I was like, this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing. And I, I remember like, do you know when you get your um UCAS notification, like, oh, you've been, off- you've been offered this place. And you're like, oh my God, it's so exciting. Like I remember sending a screenshot back to my dad while he was at work and he was so happy. It was I'm so proud of you. I just remember so clearly that day. So I was like, no, I'm going to stay at uni. I'm going to do this. And it was the same kind of thing of you do feel like, oh, I need to be at home. But also, if I go home now, then am I ever going to want to go? Because at home is not the same place without this person. Is there any advice that you would kind of give to your younger self based on what you know now?
1: yes i i think i would definitely say talk more and also to accept the fact that help early on like everyone tries to force counselling therapy and whatever to try and help you at the start but for me it didn't work i tried therapists and counsellors and I just I think I cancelled all of them I went through a good couple people and it wasn't right and for a couple of years after that I always had the mindset of it's not worth it don't try it and now I feel like it could be something that would be beneficial um so when I go back to uni I would be open to the idea if someone mentioned oh maybe you should talk to someone and I'll be like yeah I think I can have a conversation about it so Basically, to my younger self, don't be put off by if one method of help doesn't work for you or if you don't feel like it's the right time to talk about it, don't force it. I probably thought it was a really straightforward process of I'm going to be sad and then I'll get over it. But it is like people describe um, grief as like coming and going in waves and you feel all the emotions at whatever time. There is no order and that is Definitely something that I think it would be good for not only my younger self to know, but for people supporting young persons who are grieving, that the help you're giving someone um, isn't always what they need at that moment in time. Do you have any support or advice that you would give your younger self? Um, I think the biggest one is like
0: just let yourself feel it, which is similar to what you said. I think definitely that first couple of weeks, I was like trying to be on top of everything, trying to organize everything, but I didn't really take time for me to kind of go, oh, I'm like, I'm heartbroken. like Just like let yourself feel it, let yourself feel all the emotions. But similar to what you said, just it's okay to talk about it, whether it is kind of like with a professional, just with your friends. Cause it took me maybe six, seven months before I told anyone other than my best friend what had actually happened like we were on holiday and we were sat around a campfire and someone kind of went, oh, you dev- never really told us. And I kind of went, oh, and that was the first time I told anyone this, like the actual story. And I sort of think if maybe if I'd have talked about it a bit earlier, I would have felt a bit better. I think for me, there was an element of like, oh, I don't want to look like I'm sad all the time. I don't want to be like, embarrassed. But it it is what it is. It's a weird situation to be in that you've lost someone and it's going to be weird and if someone kind of maybe doesn't know how to react to that, that's not your fault, then you can kind of just go, "That's fine, Then you can move on.
1: Yeah. Because I know people have expectations of, "Oh, you should still be sad, you should still be grooving." or some people are like, "Oh, aren't you over that by now?" And you don't know yourself what you're feeling and trying to always trying to please other people with okay it's been it's been an amount of time no one else around me is talking about it anymore so maybe I shouldn't but it is it is good to talk about it and definitely like we said earlier about writing things down I think that is really helpful yeah if you want if you want to talk about it but you don't necessarily want people to hear yeah I think sometimes just
0: getting it out is the important thing
1: yeah I mean I used to I just suddenly remembered I did this um for oh got a good couple weeks or so after she passed, I would sit outside my front doorstep, like shut shut the porch door, shut the front door, um, and I would listen to the same two songs, like just on repeat. I remember one of my neighbours coming up to me one time and went, What's wrong? What are you doing? And he was like eleven at the time and obviously trying to explain that, trying to explain how she died as well, because she took her own life and most children that age don't really know what that entails um so I remember saying it really bluntly to him and (laughs) I think that was probably one of the last times I sat outside and listened to music at the front of my road where everyone is but yeah just listen to these certain songs which I can't listen to anymore they were really helpful in the moment and I can't listen to them now (laughs) now I get you
0: So I think we both kind of found that moving away to university has given us such a different perspective on our grief and how we deal with it and how we carry it with us. Um, I think obviously for me, it's kind of like keeping things of my dad's with me, whether it's clothing or something of his,
1: um, or like like any of his music type thing. Yeah, I think for me, it's more talking about my sister more and now that I'm away bringing up her in conversation with my parents back home and trying to trying to keep a part of her where I am because I'm I'm moving on in my life. Um I mean I'm getting older. I know I'm only nineteen but I I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to the age that she was when she passed. So trying to keep a part of her with me. And yeah, I think it's just important to me to allow myself to feel my grief whilst i'm at uni
0: thank you for listening to this episode of grief in common by winston's
1: wish and thank you to abigail for being such a great guest thank you grief in common is a podcast run by the winston's wish youth team the topics of conversation aim to provide comfort and make a difference to other young grieving people over the age of 13 we hope to give listeners the confidence to talk about their own grief journey It's rare to be able to listen to other young people being open and honest about their grief and how they're feeling.
0: We hope this podcast reaches young grieving people everywhere and helps them to feel less alone.
1: From teenagers to young adults, students to professionals, we're all different but we've all got grief in common. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Thank you!